0: Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. Cut It Straight is a podcast helping you pursue excellence in your preaching and ministry. In today's episode, we're going to begin a new series, The Preaching Lab, where we're going to learn how to prepare and deliver sermons. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast, Episode 6. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. In today's episode, we're going to begin a new series called The Preaching Lab. Let's look at 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 and 2. Paul writes, Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge, the living, and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort, with complete patience in teaching. In verses one, two, and verse five of Second Timothy four, there are nine imperatives that Paul gives Timothy. He says to preach, be ready, reprove, rebuke, exhort, be sober, endure, do, and fulfil. Preach. Is the first command. The word preach in the Greek means to herald, to proclaim publicly. The verb preach is used at least 61 times in the New Testament. In the New Testament times, the herald, acting as an imperial messenger, would go through the streets of a city to announce special events such as the appearing of the emperor. His duties also included public announcement of new laws or government policies and actions. Every ruler had a herald to whom he entrusted messages and announcements. When speaking in official matters, the herald had royal authority. He was speaking on behalf of the king or the emperor. Heralds were under obligation to deliver the message without alteration. They could not add or take away from the message. A herald was accountable to his ruler for the exact representation and reproduction of Of a given message. The Greek herald was given no room for personal interpretation or negotiation in the proclamation process. The man of God, the preacher, the minister, is the herald of Jesus Christ. We are speaking on behalf of the king, we are speaking on behalf of Jesus Christ as the king of this kingdom. When Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom, he is telling Timothy, there is weight and gravity to what you are about to do. You are under obligation and subject to the king. God is going to judge the living and the dead, and that includes the herald, the preacher, the man of God. We are to proclaim the message of the king to all those who will listen. We cannot take away from the message and we cannot add to the message. We find those commands in Deuteronomy and at the end of the book of Revelation. We are to preach the word of God without our own interpretation of what it means. We are to give it as it has been given to us. We are to do the work of studying and preparation to find the meaning and the interpretation. But we always know that there is only one interpretation to Scripture. It's not what you think it means, but what the author intended. How and where are we to begin to put together a sermon or a message to preach? What are we to preach? Who are we preaching to? I want to give you two steps today in our first session in the preaching lab. Hypothetically, let's say you have been asked to minister to a youth Sunday school class of teenagers and college age students. The step I would take first is to pray. Before beginning to study and prepare a sermon, I would seek the face of the Lord. Remember, were Harold speaking on behalf of the King, what would He have us to say? Be in personal contact with the King through prayer. The man of God has the responsibility as he seeks to be faithful to the leading of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit-inspired scriptures. The man of God is led of the Holy Spirit and feels compelled to a particular topic and subject. But this is cultivated and saturated in prayer. We are to seek first the kingdom of God. We are to seek and we shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Ask and it shall be given. Prayer is the first step in seeking knowing what to preach to your listeners. Pastor Jerry Dean said this. I read this on Twitter a few weeks ago. I quote, I rarely pray longer than 30 minutes at a time but I rarely go longer than 30 minutes without praying, end quote. That's a wonderful, wonderful statement. Because many of us feel condemned if we don't pray long. But make sure that we're praying without ceasing. Don't let it be long stretches of time that you're missing your prayer closet. The great J.T. Pugh said, quote, study like there is no such thing as the anointing. Pray like there is nothing but the anointing, end quote. We need to be people of prayer. Men of God and preachers should be men of prayer. Spend time cultivating a prayer life. I know this is a message that I must adhere to as well. I need to be more in prayer, especially when it comes to seeking God and what I should preach to our people. I heard... uh, Theologian and uh, Christian author John Piper used this acronym, and I found it very helpful when he, he gave this when uh, studying the Bible and preparing to teach or preach. The acronym is APTAT. A stands for Admit You Could Do Nothing Without God. P stands for Pray for Help. The first T means Trust a Specific. Bible promise. A means to act on that promise. And finally, the last T is thank God for His provision and goodness. A-P-T-A-T. Admit you could do nothing without God. Pray for help. Trust a specific biblical promise. Act and thank God for His provision and goodness. And I'll add these to our show notes in the podcast. So step number one, the preaching lab, to prepare for a sermon, you're preaching to a high school, uh, Sunday school class, teenagers, college graduates, college-age students. Number one, pray. Number two, selecting a text. Paul said, preach the Word. He didn't just say preach. He said to preach the Word. We are to preach the Word of God. It's important to saturate your heart and your mind with the Word of God. So when you are led of the Spirit in prayer, you can be reminded of something from the Scriptures. Jesus says in John 14, 26, But the help the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit cannot remind you of something you have not read or studied. That's not to say that the Holy Spirit couldn't lead you to study something out at length. But we must develop something in our hearts and our minds of personal study where the Holy Spirit can remind us of something. John Wesley said this, I do not study the Bible to preach. I preach because I've studied the Bible. Better to draw something from the deep wells of your personal study than attempt to cram something into your empty well the night before. We are not such wise acres to believe that the idea that God will supernaturally put something into our mouths the moment we step to the pulpit. Instead, we select the text and study and prepare. We're led of the Spirit. Preach the Word. Don't preach what gets on your nerves. Don't preach something uh, that you have observed in your listeners or your church or your audience or something that you've read in the news or Twitter. Preach the Word. And let me add this. Don't go searching for illustrations. Go study the scriptures, then find illustrations for what you've studied and what you're putting together. People who rely on trying to find illustrations stress themselves out trying to find some type of new inspiration to preach. Instead, just study the Word of God. There's 66 books. There's much to be preached from scriptures. And listen... You don't have to preach everything that you know in one sermon. Know what you preach, but don't preach all that you know. That's what Bishop McCool says to us. Know what you're going to preach, but you don't have to preach everything that you've studied. We're not, we're not an information dump when we get up to the pulpit. Instead, we are to teach and compel and to draw people to the Lord through what we are teaching and preaching. I want to give you some keys to text selection As you've been praying, as you've been reading, you've been studying I want to give you some keys to help you as we begin uh, to put something together Keys to text selection Number one, know the audience Who will you be preaching to or teaching to? What is the age group? What's the social background? Are they primarily believers or unbelievers? What's their biblical literacy look like? These are important questions to ask as you pray and prepare. Uh, We do not water down the message, but we can custom tailor the message to fit the audience. If you study the the New Testament, you'll see that Jesus and Paul, they preach the same message every time, but they would cater the message to the people, Uh, whether Jesus was using parables or he was referring to the law and the prophets. Uh, If you go and read Paul where he is... Uh, preaching to the listeners at Mars Hill. Same message, different methods. Uh, every week uh, during the school year on Fridays, I preach to uh, kindergartners all the way through 12th grade. And so I have to keep that in mind as I prepare my sermon. I'm thinking about those kids. I'm thinking about the different ages. Not all of them who go come to our school go to our church. Uh, many of them do not attend church. So I make sure that I'm not using words and phrases that might be unfamiliar uh, to the majority of my listeners. Uh, and so I try to convey the message in a compelling way, uh, that one that fits both uh, the K-5s through the senior in high school. So know the audience. Number two, keys to uh, text selection. Know the setting. When will you be preaching? Where will you be preaching? How long are you to preach for? Again, knowing this information will be beneficial to the effectiveness of your ministry. I've seen and heard a lot of good sermons fall flat because the delivery and content did not match the setting. If you're teaching in a Sunday school class, it's not time for you to uh, holler and take off your jacket and unloose your tie. Teach them. You're in a, you're in a classroom setting. Bring, it, uh, bring the intensity down in Try to convey your message in a in a, in a way that that suits the setting. Uh, what time of day are you preaching? Are you preaching in the morning or teaching in the morning or in the evening? What day? Where are you at? This is also true if you're going overseas, if you're going out of state, uh, if you're in the north, you're in the south of the states. You need to know where you are. What's what's your listeners? Or what's their background? This will help you know the setting. And you're not listen. We're not changing the message what we're suiting, and custom-tailoring the message for our listeners. Number three, keys to text selection. Know your text. Study and know the text or topic that you're going to preach from. Go back uh, and listen to the episode, Eight Tips for Cutting It Straight. This will help you uh, identify the correct context, historical background for your text, and find the correct interpretation. Once you have a firm grip on the interpretation, you can now start working towards an outline uh, and seeking the Spirit for application for your listeners. Uh, In our next Preaching Lab session, uh, we're going to look at studying and writing out an effective outline. I hope you've enjoyed this lesson, our first lesson in the Preaching Lab. Thanks for tuning in to the Cut It Straight podcast. For more information, go to nswhitley.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Android. Follow me on Twitter at NSWhitley and go to Facebook and find my page, NSWhitley.